0: Hello folks, I'm Dustin Zarney here, Uh, Commissioner in the Car, this is Tuesday, and it is, I keep forgetting the dates when I do this, Tuesday, May 2nd. Uh, Welcome to May, everybody, and uh, 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 today's Commissioner in the Car, we're going to talk about two things. The New York State budget, and a wrap-up of the hearing process and court process for the Onondaga County Board of Elections. Uh so let's talk about the New York state budget and uh there was the budget is still being voted on uh but there is uh plenty of good news for county boards of elections in uh the budget and as well as state board of elections and public campaign finance. Um so I'll go down the list of what uh you know is is in the proposed budget and uh the good news that it brings to the um to elections overall. Now I'm just going to put a caveat out there. Not everything that we wanted in the budget got done. But that's never the case, right? You always ask for way more and you hope that you can get some. One of the things that you know some of the things that were left out were any program bills. What are program bills? Those are um legislation that is normally passed uh, in the legislature that is sometime uh, included in the budget. You may notice that bail reform was part of this year's budget. Um, that's normally passed outside of the budget, but it was part of this year's budget because the governor wanted to force changes uh, with the legislature. On the election side, uh, the, uh, the budget, uh, you know, they took out any of the reforms. That doesn't mean that these reforms won't happen. Uh, and I'll be talking about that in a future, Commissioner in the car um probably next week about the the reforms that I want to get done before the end of the year um but uh I it is a uh but it, but it it isn't in the budget so those didn't get in the budget but there's a lot of stuff that got in the budget let's get straight to what the county boards got uh county boards will be getting a 15 a new 15 million dollar grant for capital improvement that is gonna be huge uh, for counties like ours that are going through major changes to their voting equipment. We're getting new voting machines, we're getting new uh, polling places, and this will be $600,000 approximately, I think. I'm estimating of how much Onondaga County will get in this, what what is called a capital uh, grant or a tier grant, um, and that will help offset some of this local money uh, that we are are spending bonding to uh, get our capital project done. So that's big news there. Uh, also, $4 million is uh, going towards postage, and that's reimbursing county boards for postage for the prepaid postage um, for uh, absentee ballots. You no longer have to put a stamp on an absentee ballot. You no longer have to put a stamp on an absentee ballot application. Uh, all of that. Uh, can we can mail stuff right out to you and uh, you can have it come back. So that is um, pretty good news. Uh, they also also reauthorized a lot of the previous grants. Um, there are some grants out there where the county boards haven't been able to spend the money yet. Um, a lot of times what happens with this is that they're waiting for a bunch of grants to accumulate so they can do big purchases instead of little piece by piece. Uh, And and this will also help a lot of those boards that were able to either spend local dollars on stuff and keeping the grants for a rainy day or are doing major projects like us at the Onondaga County Board of Elections. So that is a really good um, uh, amount of uh, good news for county boards of elections. On the New York State Board of Elections, I can tell you that the uh, budget that they requested was approved. Uh, and without any cuts. And this is, uh, you know, not always been the case. So uh, there is new staffing and uh, to plump up the New York State Board of Elections, get more, uh, you know, more uh, directors, more people to be able to handle all the burdens that we're giving there. And, you know, the State Board of Elections is our uh, big brothers and big sisters at the county board. So that is really, really good news. Also on the public campaign finance, you know, I know a lot of people want it to be fully funded this year. But uh, what it, but there is such good news about what they did do. Not only did they fund the administrative costs, they created 56 new positions uh, for the public campaign financing. It didn't fund uh, the actual fi- program itself, but that's because the, the money for that will come in next year's budget. We don't actually start expending money on the public campaign finance uh, until uh, next year. Uh, so that, and I know a lot of advocates, a lot of advocates that have been on my Zoom and wanted to talk about how you know that and wanted it funded this year. Well, it's not being funded this year, but the money isn't gonna be spent to next year. So there's plenty of time to fund that money in next year's budget. Uh, But I think it is significant that they put in money to hire staff. Uh, And and there's 56 different staffers that are going to be running that public campaign finance. That's a huge uh, investment. And I think it's uh, a signal that the legislature and governor wanted to send that they are fully invested in this program. They didn't delay it. They didn't do anything like that. People are being signed up for it. Uh, I actually think it's a a pretty good investment. uh, piece of, uh, news for the public campaign finance. So overall, uh, the budget, I think did pretty well. Um, for, you know, we, I wanted 20 million. That's what I testified for, uh, 10 million for aid to localities and 10 million for capital investment. Uh, the, uh, legislature opted for 15 million in capital investment, nothing in aid to localities. That is okay. Uh, You know, I mean, when you ask for 20 and you get 15, it's better than getting zero. And uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, how this all turned out. Um, We will see how it all turns out next year. Um, Now there are some, you know, bills like minimum staffing and and other board of uh, full-time commissioners. There's a lot of uh, other things and I'm gonna go over that uh, next week. So, but I, I wanted to focus on the budget this week and all the good news in the budget. Uh, Will that mean that, you know, we can't hire new staff this year, but we may be able to hire new staff next year. We're also gonna be able to offset some local dollars, which hopefully we can then uh, encourage the county boards of elections to invest in personnel as we offset the local dollars for capital improvement uh, for these aging voting machines. A lot of counties have machines that are um, 20 years old <laughs> you know like my ours are like 20 year old technology so uh this amount of money is going to help us definitely uh complete our capital project and uh have a um a wonderful uh you know uh, new voting system to be ready for 2024 so I'm really excited about that um the other part of the commissioner in the car i wanted to talk about is hearings i did a post on this on friday Uh, and I want to go into uh, the hearings and why some of the people were either kept on the ballot or thrown off the ballot. But a little caveat here before I get into this. None of this is to shame anybody. Uh, You know, I'm I'm not trying to thumb my nose in, in their either defeats, either the objectors' defeats or the candidates' defeats. But one of the reasons why I like to do commissioner in a car is I like to educate the public. But I think there's a lot of lessons in here for objectors and for candidates on um, things that you should or shouldn't do when filing petitions, which will, you can avoid. So I'm, I, the reason I talk about it is I hope to uh, give them, give people uh, a, uh, a sense of all the things that, uh, that go into um, uh, you know, these hearings and what you need to do to avoid some of the outcomes that we had here. So, uh, the and I'm going to kind of you know lump them together in like uh, you know in kind of like similar situations. So we had a couple of uh, um, uh, we had uh, two uh, offices that were thrown off the ballot because they were obviously short on signatures. Uh, County Legislative District Eleven for the Democrats. And Ian Hunter's petitions of uh, for school board uh for the Republicans, these petitions were turned in by the candidates, and um they were obviously short on signatures. However, the boards of elections at Onondaga county, we do not uh actually count signatures when they come in because there's an assumption of validity. however, I think that gets people to think, "Oh well, you know maybe they'll be able to slip one by the goalie well. The other side is always counting. And they were able to put in objections that threw those candidates off the ballot. We then had uh, about three Democratic candidates that were thrown off the ballot because they had um, uh, signatures on their petitions that were not members of the Democratic Party uh, that reduced the number of valid signatures after objections to below the minimum threshold and they were thrown off the ballot, and that was uh, County Ledge District Five, with Dwayne Main, uh, County Common Council District Four, uh, Hassan Bloodworth, and Common Councilor at Large Wakwan Pride Green. All of those had signatures on their petitions that were not members of the Democratic Party. Once the objectors made, uh, and in the cases of Hassan Bloodworth and Wakwan Pride Green, there was a lot of them. With Dwayne Main, it was only four, but he only had. Um, I think, actually, I'm sorry, it was only five, but he only had one signature over the minimum uh, when he filed his signature. So uh, if you go just one or two signatures below the minimum after objections, you are thrown off the ballot. So Dwayne and Hazan and Rockline Pot Green were thrown off the ballot because of those. Raqqvind Pot Green also had a situation where he had a witness who was going around collecting signatures for him that was also not a registered Democrat. So uh, that threw off lots of signatures. Again, when you're getting signatures, you need to make sure that your your person that you're getting signatures for are on, um, are, are, are in the party that you are, are walking with. Um, I'm kind of going over the ones that were thrown off the ballot, and then I'll go over the ones that were kept on the ballot. Um, in um, County Legislature 16, there was a WFB candidate, David Knapp, not a David Knapp, who's a legislator on the Republican side. He's actually head of the working Families party. Uh, they put in signatures, um, but Mr. Knapp does not live in the County Legislative 16th district. And why is that important? Usually you don't need to live in the district you're running for. We have a Congressman like that uh, with Brandon Williams. Um, but you sometimes you have to move in by uh, election day or after election day. And in, in the case of Brandon Williams, he actually doesn't have to move in at all because you have to live anywhere in New York State to be a congressman in any of the districts in New York State. Uh, that's a constitutional issue. But I'm going to leave that aside. Going back to the petition, um, the difference here is the county legislature has a uh, residency requirement in the Onondaga County charter. Uh, the residency requirement says that, uh, if you're going to be running for County legislature, you have to be a resident of the district at time of nomination or filing petitions. And that's what happened here. Mr. Knapp was not a member of the district. Uh, and thus the challenge was accepted and he was thrown off the ballot. Uh, we then had, uh, the final, um, uh, person who was thrown off the ballot was Gettys Town Board uh, GOP uh, Mr. Wynn, uh, James Wynn. Uh, A judge ruled him off the ballot. This was not an objection from the Board of Elections, but it was uh, an objection that went straight to court. And the reason it went to court is for voter fraud. Uh, And now voter fraud can be defined in many different ways. And sometimes voter fraud is not as nefarious uh, as it may sound. And this is one of those cases. Here we had a case where Mr. Wynn um who was a first time candidate uh was running for office. he did not seek advice from the board of elections, and he wanted to create a petition that would put him on the ballot well, mr Wynn uh took the republican town slate see he was not he was running a primary against the Republican town slate he did not get nominated by the Republicans, but he took the republican town slate, removed the name of one of the candidates for town board and inserted his own and started passing those petitions. Well, there is case law that says that if you are passing a slate petition without the permission of the other people on the slate, that is a a version of voter fraud. It's deceiving the voters that you may be running as a ticket together and uh, you can get thrown off the ballot for that. Now, you can't do that at the Board of Elections. The reason you can't do that at the Board of Elections is that we have no um, uh, subpoena power we cannot, uh, actually bring people in and put them under oath, uh, and get and ascertain facts. That's uh, the realm of the court. And that's why voter fraud is kept kept to the round of the court, uh, to the realm of the court. So, um, that petition, the judge Antonacci, who I agree with on, on this, on this, uh, uh, on his, uh, determination said that, you know, because of the, the case law, because of the uh, precedent that, uh, Mr. Wynne has been thrown off the ballot, um, and he is no longer a, uh, a candidate for GOP. Uh, you know, he could still go and do independent nominating petitions that's still out there for all of these candidates that have thrown, been thrown off the ballot, and some have indicated they will. And we'll see by May 30th if uh, their independent nominating petitions don't fall into the same categories and they've, they're back on the ballot for the general election. Now there are several candidates that stayed on the election uh, after the um, uh, after the uh, uh, the hearings. Uh, Syracuse Common Council First District. There was uh, uh, objections made against uh, Sean Reed. The objections claimed that there was a lot of voter fraud again in the um, in the ballot signatures that looked alike, that kind of stuff. Again, boards of elections cannot rule on that kind of stuff. That is the realm of the court. So we had to disagree with the objection the objector had a chance to go to court and decided not to uh so he is on the ballot common council district third third district uh woody carroll who's running for republican uh commission here is a uh a case where the commissioners split on their ruling um and uh when a commissioner split on the ruling usually we agree on all these other cases we agreed on this one, we disagreed. And when we split on a ruling, that means the person stays on the ballot. And the ruling had to do with a witness. There was a witness that uh, had um, a, a different address um, than what they were registered at. Uh, they put down an address on the witness statement that is different than the voter registration. And in uh, that case, I believed the proper course for fixing that was an affidavit filed at the time of uh, Filing the petitions, uh, Commissioner Sardo, citing some case law, uh, said that uh, that you know that the affidavit that was provided by the witness during the hearing, saying that they do live at the their, the the new address, is adequate enough. Um, I'll tell you that's a, that was a 50-50 jump ball. Uh, the situation, I went with what our county board of elections regulations and agreed upon uh, ruling had from two thousand seventeen that the only way to fix this is to file an affidavit at filing petitions or to go to court. Um, you know, Commissioner Sardo disagreed uh, with that. In this case, uh, citing some recent case law. So going forward, we'll probably allow these types of corrections at the hearings uh, and, and keep these on the ballot. But uh, I felt like, uh, we had this agreement, we had this regulation in place, it needed to be followed. But it's a local regulation. And there, again, there is a lot of case law that says that if a, a witness provides evidence that they actually resided somewhere else uh, during the hearing process or during the court cases, that it's allowed. And to be quite honest, I don't like throwing people off the ballot, anyways. So, uh, if, if over like technical issues like that. So, uh, in the future, we'll probably rule differently. Uh, then, then, then the last, uh, two hearings, uh, that happened that had the same type of situation was the conservative petitions for the 127th judicial, uh, delegates and the conservative petitions for Salina town supervisor. In both those cases, the objector, um, objected to a voter residence, uh, one of the candidate on the 127th and one of a petition gatherer for the conservative Salina uh, delegate. In the terms of a candidate, uh, the the person who was objected to had a dual residency. They lived uh, half the time in Florida, half the time in New York. That is allowed in New York as long as you're not registered to vote another place and voting another place. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Well, the, the candidate uh, agreed that, you know, Kennedy provided some evidence that showed that he is, uh, a, he, you know, his home that he had here in New York was his primary residence. Uh, and without any other uh, um, residence, we, we or any other evidence, uh, we, you know, we kept him on the ballot. In uh, the Salina um, conservative, it was the same thing, and here we had a little bit of a different situation. Here we had a witness that had recently left her home uh, due to a divorce, uh, but was still legally on the deed and in the middle of the divorce proceedings. Uh, New York State election law made it very clear that uh, a temporary address, uh, because uh, you know, a temporary living situation does not change your residency and uh the the witness um put in an affidavit saying that they uh considered their their address on file as their permanent address and will do so until the end of their divorce proceedings and that was enough to um put uh to keep that person on the ballot and again remember the difference here with that in the Woody Carroll place is the uh, uh, Woody Car- situation is the witness put the correct address on there uh, but it was being challenged by the objector, um, and both of these situations have another thing in common: uh, voter registration challenges. And this is something that I've never come upon uh, 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 come um, uh, come come across. Uh, have to be done before the filing of petitions. And th- this is a unique. Uh, there's a lot of case law on this that says that. Once the Board of Elections has accepted a voter registration, that means they, re- they registered a vote and they've had a bipartisan check and in the system, you can do a, what's called a voter registration challenge. But that voter registration challenge has to happen before the filing of petitions or before the start of circulating petitions, which was February 28th. Um, now, the voter registration challenge was actually done on one of these candidates. And, uh, but it was done after the filing date. So we couldn't uh, deal with the petition, but we went ahead with the official voter registration challenge as well. And that involved getting the sheriff involved. And the sheriff investigated for us, answered some questions, did a great job, uh, got it done within five days, and we were able to uh, keep that person on the voting rolls. Uh, and and I'm not gonna go into which one that was, It's because it's a, hypothetical situation um but it's not hypothetical but it's it's not uh public information because that that this was part of the the petition process but we did a voter registration challenge for the first time and we got the sheriff involved and uh that was my first time as commissioner having to do something along those lines so um it doesn't happen often thank god uh and uh but there was a lot of weird stuff going on this year with the hearing so that's the wrap up of all the hearings that we had and the results and why we ruled the way they ruled. So we got you into a little bit of a uh, background on this. Um, So there you go. Uh, So this week, uh, uh, I'm actually changing things up a little bit. I was gonna do a Zarney seminar on absentee ballot voting. I'm pushing that off till next week because absentee ballots are gonna go out next week. So I'm gonna have the focus on absentee ballots next week. Uh, I'm, so my Zoom with Zarni on Thursday will be Blake Carter, who's running for County Legislative District 6. Uh, so uh, he's uh, uh, a new candidate and one of the, the few County Ledge uh, candidates that are, are are contested candidates. So my Zoom with Zarni this week will be an actual candidate interview with Blake Carter. Uh, and uh, so I'm changing this up a little bit. My seminar for absentee ballots will be next week. My weekly wonk. I I posted this weekend the town of Dewitt. I'll be doing the village of Liverpool next weekend, and then finally uh, next Tuesday's commissioner in the car. Uh, we'll be coming back. I'll be I'll be coming back from Albany again because I'm going back up to Albany to push for some legislation, and that's what I'll be talking about. It's the legis the final legislative push for boards of elections uh, for election reform for 2023 as we got about 1 month until the end of session so uh i'll be going up there pushing bipartisanly supported uh election reforms so uh it's important to uh do that in fact i'm spending a lot of time my own gas money uh to do this because um i, I believe that it's the right thing to do i'm going i'm going up there pretty much every tuesday in may um uh because we have a final push to get this stuff done but on next Tuesday, I'll give you uh, six of the our top priorities to get done for the end of session. So that's all I got for you today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Commissioner Carr and make sure that uh, you are staying safe and get ready for that big June 28th primary. It's coming your way. FCC ballots are going to go out next week at the end of next week, May 12th. So uh, if you need an absentee ballot, go to onvote.net, and you can apply through there for the June primary. Uh, Thank you very much, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye.